Hey there, friends of the Pregnancy Resource Center. Valerie Millsaps, Executive Director here, coming to you with the Armored Truth Podcast, where we will talk about standing on solid ground as leaders in our community that surround the issues of the sanctity of life and talk about a hard subject, abortion. So as we pray on our armor each and every day, how can we do that in a loving, truthful way as we continue to deal with an aggressive enemy and use what God has equipped each and every one of us to use? Armor Truth will be a place to empower you, to encourage you, and to equip you each and every week to speak for those that have no voice. We are so glad you're here with us. Hey, Armored Truth family. I am so excited today because we have a very special guest coming on the podcast, and her name is Lisa Rowe. And you may be familiar and may have heard about Support After Abortion. Uh, She is part of that organization, and I cannot wait for her to uh, let us know all about it and how really God implanted this vision with her and and where it is and where it's going and how we can get involved. So Lisa, uh, I'm so happy to have you today. Oh, thanks for having me and and for seeing the need for support after abortion. I'm truly grateful. Well, I would love to ask you of why support after abortion? What things God instilled in you to really bring it to life? What started that conversation with, with him and why did you feel the need to start this? It's a great question. And of course, it has like the personal connection and the purpose connection. And so my personal connection is I I experienced a lot of trauma as a young person. I came from a very dysfunctional family and I carried those damaging behaviors into my young adult life, into my first marriage. And I've always been interested in helping people not experience that same pain. And so by way of my own healing, God's grace, mercy, and healing, and uh, my degree in licensed clinical social work, I really found myself working with women who experienced tremendous trauma as well and were lacking a sense of their identity and purpose in Christ and really knowing who they were outside of their dysfunction or damaging choices. And so um, throughout my career, I've worked with teen moms, I've worked in the anti-trafficking world, I've worked in a pregnancy center, and now with support after abortion. And I always like to say that you'd think that all of those women were different from one another, but really at their core, they were the same, and they're very similar to me. And what we see in each of these arenas is the symptom is different, not the person, not the root of the issue, it's the symptom. And so a woman or a man who's experienced abortion um, likely has had their own personal struggles early on in life, much like the woman who is experiencing sex trafficking or teen pregnancy or substance abuse or legal issues. And so in terms of support after abortion, it just kind of fell in line with my um, desire to help people overcome these symptoms and see themselves as more than. As far as support after abortion is concerned, it actually started as a program of our pregnancy center here in Southwest Florida. 
and our founder and president right now of our board just saw a huge need in our community to help bring about a, 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 a enlightenment in our community that there was support for men and women after abortion. And so we just started reaching out to our local area and saying, what are you doing for abortion healing? How many people are enrolled? And we found that there wasn't a lot of people. And so support after abortion just began taking inventory, began taking notice, began listening to our clients. And what they were telling us um, was actually cemented in a consumer research project two years later and that they wanted a program, 85% of them wanted a program that was anonymous. That's not what we're offering most people right now. Uh, 80% or more wanted a non-faith-based version of the program initially, a non-faith healing option. And, um, you know, we, we really weren't being responsive in the abortion healing industry like that. It just, it wasn't on purpose. It just is how it's evolved. And so um, out of the, you know, inventory or proof of concept we were developing in the pregnancy center and out of the research we experienced, um, the, the board of directors at the pregnancy center says, you guys are growing exponentially. We served almost a thousand clients in 2019. And that was more than we served in our local, you know, providing our local pregnancy services with you know, ultrasounds and free pregnancy tests. And they said, you guys really need to go and spread your wings. And so in 2020, we became our own ministry. And God has since shown us what it is that support after abortion is to the abortion healing movement. And um, what we have seen him doing inside of our ministry now is providing a vehicle for the over 200 programs that are in existence to abortion healing, a vehicle to come together, build our capacity, collaborate, and grow the movement um, because we know, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but the reason abortion healing needs to grow at the level that we see God calling us is because 50% of the 1 million abortions that are happening every year are repeat abortions. And so we could end the demand for half of those abortions if we could get in front of these men and women and help them heal from their first abortion. That's a little bit, and I'm sure we're going to explore it a little bit more, but but that's a little bit for your listeners to understand who we are and what we're trying to do. I just want to um, take back to that statistic. 50% of the 1 million abortions are a repeat abortion. Why we should use our voice to help connect people to that root of that issue or the concerns that they have so they don't walk in that same place again as far as repeating uh, the abortion and, or having another one or second or third. Uh, but what, how powerful that is uh, for you all to recognize that and want other people to know that. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's really important for people to understand that with 50 years of legalized abortion, that means that there's four generations. We have great grandparents who encourage their daughter, who's now a grandparent, who's now encouraged their daughter, who's the mother. And now that mother is encouraging that great granddaughter, her own daughter to have an abortion. This is a systemic generational issue that a lot of times people don't understand the pain and hurt that comes with it because what we hear often from our clients is abortion is socially acceptable, but nobody's talking about it. And so if we have great grandparents who have now encouraged this gene, this line of um, their family line, it, 
we have people inside of our family who have stronger voices, who have louder voices than maybe your sidewalk advocate, your pregnancy center advocate. And so if we don't get into the family and start healing the family, those voices are going to continue to stay loud and strong and powerful. So we oftentimes describe or try to bring an analogy to, to folks to really help them understand, you know, we didn't understand how significant the impact of nicotine was until many, many, many years later. Right. And now I turn on the TV and I feel like every other commercial is a CDC commercial with, you know, a warning about smoking cigarettes and using nicotine. And so I feel like that's where we are in the abortion healing movement is now we've had 50 years. We've the the pain we hear about the pain we now have research to understand the pain and so we really do have a a, a paradigm at our at on our hands and we have an opportunity of a lifetime to see it differently in the pro-life movement yes definitely uh, what would you say to people or pregnancy centers or just people the general public that are listening to this or will be listening to this at a later point of so they do have abortion in their family and they are struggling what could you offer to that family maybe there's not a pregnancy center near them or where they could get connected for abortion recovery what what could you all offer that particular family that are seeking that that's a great question. And so two things come to mind as you ask that question. The first is I want to empower everyone listening. We all know somebody with one in four women experiencing abortion before the age of 45 in our country. We are not uh, separated from somebody who's experienced abortion. And for many people listening, they've either helped somebody have an abortion, heard the pain afterwards. We all are connected in some capacity. So so many people just need the invitation to start talking about it. I know that that was my experience when I started in the pregnancy center world. It was to that my girlfriends came out of the woodwork and started telling me about abortion and their abortion and how it hurt them and that they didn't they hadn't told anybody. We have to be able to walk with compassion and not be afraid to say that word, abortion. And we have to be able to understand our own stereotypes as it pertains to abortion. You know, if we're somebody who says, you know, I vote all the time pro-life and that's the message that you seep out, somebody who's experienced abortion might not be able to come to you because it's become a political issue for you. Or if you're somebody who says abortion is murder and, you know, that's the message that you carry we have to be careful about that because people are going to see you as judgmental. And so my first thing is to empower people listening that we all know somebody and to be extra cognizant of how we're speaking about abortion. And are we showing up with compassion. Um, and then the second thing I would say is that if you are looking for resources, if you are looking for support, visit us at supportafterabortion.com. We have client services, but we also have leaders services. We have podcasts and books and all sorts of resources for anybody looking for support um, just to grow your understanding, grow your knowledge, and then invite that person in for their own healing journey. I love that you mentioned just showing up with compassion. And the things that I have seen um, through our pregnancy center for seven years, and there's definitely been some eye-opening experience for me, but be able to, you know, 
show definitely show up with compassion because you have a, a twofold. You have those people in the community, whether you're speaking in a church or or another a, a non faith based organization. There are people there that have experienced abortion and they don't know how to handle that. You know, maybe it's Mother's Day that comes around that they have those bad feelings that of reminding them of what they have done, but just being able to, like you said, show up with compassion and be able to let them know that they aren't alone and to acknowledge that they, these people do exist, men and women, and we want to be able to help come alongside them and acknowledge their pain and help them walk into a greater purpose for their life. Uh, I love how you all do that. And it's so amazing to encourage people to really examine their language, like you had mentioned, because there's so many people that do need healing. And we have to look in the mirror at ourselves to really uh, make sure that we are sending that right message if we really want to make a difference in people's lives and help pull people out of the holes that they've dug themselves in and just looking for someone to come alongside them and help. So you had mentioned about individuals that could be a part of that. How can this be incorporated into a pregnancy center? A wonderful question. Um, I, when I was also inside of our pregnancy center, I found that our volunteers and our staff at times felt ill-equipped to speak to the abortion issue. And so when we got to that question, and it wasn't on there initially when we added the question, how many previous pregnancies have you had? Um, Oftentimes they would be like two and then they'd move on. They didn't stay there. They didn't continue the conversation. And in that In that question, there's so many pieces of it that I wanted our volunteers and our team to stay in to explore. Was it a miscarriage? Was it a live birth? Was it an abortion experience? What were those experiences like? Because they're going to bring all those experience with them into parenting their child if that's what they choose. And so we want to know where they're starting from. And so as a pregnancy center, you what I found is that we had a captive audience. We had men and women waiting for our um, invitation to begin talking about things that maybe nobody else in their world was talking about. They didn't necessarily come in to talk about that, but it's it's the opportunity that God provides in those conversations and our intentional, you know, relational questioning that gives us the opportunity to learn about them and help them more. And so as a pregnancy center, I just found it was was huge for us to be able to get really good at that. And then as we began that journey, I mean, you're with these women and men for 18 months, maybe sometimes longer, you have an opportunity of a lifetime to help them break chains for their future and for their child's future. And so one of those chains is their abortion experience. If we know one in four women will have an abortion by the age of 45, we can assume that maybe one in four of our clients have experienced abortion and maybe haven't talked to anybody about it. And our research also said nine out of 10 people don't know where to go for help. So they might be coming to you for help with their current unexpected pregnancy 
see, but there's an opportunity of a lifetime to bring them to the, to the place of healing from their abortion experience. Um, gosh, we have heard so many stories of women who weren't able to bond with their children, brought anger into their marriage, brought substance abuse issues because of those unresolved abortion wounds. And so pregnancy centers just have such an opportunity to come alongside both men and women and begin those conversations. Definitely. And just being able to ask those hard questions and have those hard conversations in love and be able to know that they aren't judged and that we're just want to help them become thriving parents, not only uh, parents, but in their marriage and their life and, and just the future of not only them, but the generations that they're raising. I would love to um, ask you, like, what do you see for the future of uh, of support after abortion? What's your future vision in your community and around the globe, literally? Yeah, that's great. Um, so my vision, it, it has a couple different elements to it. Uh, I'd first want to quote what Georgette Forney, who I see, I see there being like three major pivot points in the abortion healing movement. The first was um, women who were coming forward for the first time and saying, I have experienced abortion. Let me tell you our story. The second pivot point was women who were coming forward and saying, I've had an abortion, I've received healing, and i invite you into the conversation. And that's where you saw the, um, the signs at the March for Life. I regret my abortion. And now um, Georgette Forney has said support after abortion is the next step in this process. And it's, it, it's not that we don't know that abortion hurts. We certainly know abortion hurts now. Um, we know people have experienced abortion. That's not uh, an awakening anymore. What the awakening is or what the next step is, is it's bringing these 200 programs together that are facilitated by more than 1,500 people across the the world and helping them understand that they're not alone. You know, up until this point, leaders have felt like they were bringing a healing program into their community and nobody else was doing it. You know, their pastors weren't talking about it. Other people weren't talking about it. And the board of their ministries weren't talking about it. And so what we, what we really see coming together is people putting abortion healing as a priority and knowing that they're not doing it on their own, that we're doing it as a nation, we're doing it as a world. World. Uh, one woman said to me uh, that's been in the movement for a long time, second to the ultrasound is a person's testimony of their abortion experience. And so if we could get everybody and we see this happening on board to understand that abortion has hurt our country and our world, and we need to start bringing healing at a different place, not like seventh on the list, not as a, this is the right thing to do as a, this is a this is a pandemic. This is an epidemic. This is an issue beyond us. It's a human issue first. And what we feel like we're doing at Support After Abortion is being, bringing business strategy around the movement. So taking it from an emotional place, which that's where it was birthed, people's pain and their experience through healing and bringing a business strategy to get it out and to infiltrate the entire world. And so that it's not this like, secret. I had an abortion, you know, it's, I've had an abortion and this is where I got help. Um, like we see with divorce, like we see with poverty, like we're starting to see with children who've experienced sexual abuse. As I mentioned early or in our interview, 
this is a symptom, but we've treated it so differently because it's been in the political realm. It's been in the religious realm. We want to bring it to a human issue and help create real sustainable strategy on how to help people that are living in silence, living in their, their suffering and not knowing what to do with it and bring it to their community, bring it to their families, bring it to your pregnancy center, the, the thousands of other pregnancy centers, and really equip the world um, with the resources that are already in existence. Definitely. And I, I, I'm with you about abortion, treating abortion healing as a priority and just really equipping our our fellow neighbors to be able to do that. There's so many opportunities to be able to impact those that have suffered an abortion and being able to bring these things to life. I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure you can relate to, of just sitting down and having a, a friendly lunch or a, a conversation with a friend and they just automatically just feel their past. And many times that involves a past abortion and this is an encouragement, I hope, to many people listening that you can encourage her if she hasn't been healed to get seek healing and also be able to share her story. And I love the, the thing that you mentioned about the ultrasound. Uh, it is powerful. The, the, the stories, the testimonies of, of healed people are going to heal people. So what is a, so we talked about the, the community, uh, you know, at large of, of how they could get connected and access your resources, a pregnancy center. What about the local church and how could they, because there's so many that there are some that speak up and, and have a compassionate heart to not only uh, to be able to connect people with life affirming resources, but also healing opportunities in their church. How could a local missions pastor or pastor be able to uh, dive in to support after abortion to help their ministry and to help them become a place of healing in their church? Yeah, what a great question. Um, because we know that a large part of our pastoral community is not speaking about abortion. Uh, they're afraid. And what I've heard them say is that 50% of my congregation will essentially stand up and clap that I brought it up. And the other 50% will send hate emails, need to have conversations afterwards, and it'll open up Pandora's box is what they say. They often say we don't have resources for abortion, so we don't want to bring it up and open up a wound that's that that we don't have services for. And so I actually interviewed on our podcast probably like four weeks ago, uh, the director of Passions Life Ministry. He's amazing. It's an international ministry that reaches out to pastors globally. And he said something so profound to me. And he said, and I said, what about the pastors that feel exactly like I just shared? And he said, you know what? It's not up to the pastor to be God. It's up to the pastor to pastor their congregation and encourage those people who are being called to reach out to their communities and help those are hurting. But it's up to the pastor to start the conversation. Um, and so that's what I would encourage the pastoral community to do. Inventory your heart and mind around the topic of abortion. And if immediately it comes to, I got to mitigate the political situation that's on hand 
understand, or I have to mitigate my congregation's perspective about this, I would say, I challenge you that one in four of your people in your congregation, men and women, will have experienced abortion. One in four will have experienced miscarriage. And so if we're not talking about it, we're not engaging a huge part of our population that's attending our churches. And I know that that's not a pastor's heart, not to pastor people well and to help people uncover broken places in their life that's keeping them from their ultimate purpose with God. And so I would encourage those pastors to do that inventory. And then as they start to begin to understand why they haven't been talking about it, go to our website, start listening to our blog, our podcast, read our blogs, Take, get a book, Keys to Hope and Healing. We have several um, Catholic priests who are actually bringing Keys to Hope and Healing into their um, confessionals. It's amazing because they don't feel equipped right away, but at least they have a resource for the folks that are in their church. And so I would say get it. So first inventory, then start getting equipped and then begin to look at the community. Who's doing this? The church doesn't have to do it. We have so many para ministries doing great things that um, it's likely that the local pregnancy center would take this on or already is taking it on, or maybe a local clinician is doing some work around this. And maybe if it's not, there's somebody in your congregation that would like to do this work and just needs the support of a ministry like support after abortion or the local pregnancy center. Yeah, and I dare say, because there's so many uh, churches that I've seen uh, across the globe that are uh, taking in the concept of small groups and different things like that, that somebody has a desire in their heart to start this and even, you know, connect with their local pregnancy center or have, you know, to build that bridge uh, to connect people to each other uh, to be able to have expand that. Uh, even more. So excited that you've um, have gave, given your time and opportunity to come on today. I, you mentioned your, the book. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that and then how um, people can find you again. Of course, we'll have all these resources uh, on armoredwithtruth.com, but I would love to tell our audience of more ways that they can connect with you and your organization. That's great. So I'd love to share a couple resources. Unraveled Roots, uh, we created inside the pregnancy center, but it followed us into support after abortion. It's the whole idea that we have these repeat clients with repeat behaviors and we're just putting band-aids on the issue. So it's a, it's a tool to help volunteers and advocates get to the root of the issue so we can stop these repeat behaviors from happening. And it, we actually partnered with Bright Course for those pregnancy centers that utilize that tool. And it's all virtual now. And so it's an excellent tool to bring into conversations with clients that you've created relationships with. Um, and then the second tool that we created was called Keys. It's called Keys to Hope and Healing. And it's actually going to be in a several different formats. And so it's a paperback that's free uh, as, if, as a pregnancy center, you join our Healing Network Partnership where you come to monthly meetings, get tools, collaborate with leaders, trying to really um, bring about that vision that together we're better and we'll, uh, we'll give it to you for free. And so there's a faith forward version for women. There's a non-faith forward version for women. There's a faith forward version for men and a non-faith forward version for men. And all of them will be coming out in Spanish very soon. They're available on our website in our e-store 
store for free if you want to download the PDF as well. And the reason for Keys to Hope and Healing is because when we did that inventory back in 2017 and 18, we learned that the healing ministries, although they were doing great work, 95% of them on paper looked very similar. So it was a Bible study with lots of scripture involved. It had to be face to face. And so we were saying, you know, there's, there's a hole. Where do you start with that woman who doesn't want to hear about God? Where do you start with that woman that you maybe only have an hour with? And we developed this tool with Word Among Us. And what it is, is it's essentially the start of a conversation. It's to help equip you and the person who's experienced abortion with just some of the language and some of the understanding about what they might be experiencing regarding their abortion experience. So we talk about feelings. We talk about the importance of talking about it. We talk about anger. We talk about grief. We talk about how to find a deeper level of healing and how to share your story. And I'll tell you, I have not witnessed this in the entire movement until this book. We had women within a year of their abortion experience, I think I had nine women in our first group come forward who had experienced chemical abortion. And that's an entirely different podcast conversation, but what an amazing opportunity to be able to walk with women in their first year after their abortion, some like within weeks of their abortion. Can you just imagine the freedom that they can experience as a result? And one of the girls, I, I, I stay in touch with many of the girls, but one of the girls in particular, I specifically asked her, I said, you know, would you have another abortion after walking through this journey? And she said, absolutely not. And so that's what we believe healing does is it stops us from making choices like that. So um, again, it's that book just opened up the door to conversations that only God could manifest. And so um, I would really encourage you to visit our website and check out those resources. That's amazing. Well, Lisa, how can we um, be praying for you and your team? Oh, thank you for asking that. Uh, we all need prayer, don't we? Um, yes. be, you know, I, I said this the other day, I feel like every day we get up and we prepare for war. Uh, we just don't know what the enemy is going to try to throw at us, what distraction, um, what what kind of just dismantling of something happens. And we're just praying that we would continue to help the world understand that if we're not collaborating with one another, there is no way that we're going to build our capacity to serve those. And so I just pray for open doors. I pray for people that see our ministry in the way that it isn't. You know, we have such a stigma around abortion that even pro-life people struggle to get behind us because they say, how are you different than Planned Parenthood if you're willing to offer a non-faith forward approach initially? And it's like, we just want you to understand if we don't, we're not going to change anything. We need to meet people where they are. And, and so just an, uh, an open mind and an open heart for people who um, might not really understand why it's important that people experience healing after their abortion. I love that you offer both options because, you know, going through maybe a non-faith-based uh, a healing program would, would eventually lead to a, a conversion in, in their faith. Uh, so, I mean, he, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And of course, if, if we're coming at it as a place of compassion and, you know, we have the opportunity to just be there for them in that, in that moment and walk them through healing, uh, you know, 
they know there's more and they want to know, you know, know more about being healed in a more deeper way. And God does that. And we just trust him with those stories and those outcomes, but we have to be willing to have that conversation. And I love that you, we are getting the opportunity to have that conversation and, and talk about abortion and more people need to do that, not be shying away from that and just being able to, you know, bring healing among our communities. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and thank you for seeing the need and being a willing participant. Thank you for listening to Armor Truth Podcast. For more information on this podcast or show notes, you can visit us at armoredwithtruth.com. You'll be directed to our blog section to listen to more or past episodes. You can also connect with us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also visit the main website at youmakeherbrave.com where you can take being not only a hearer, but also being a hearer and a doer. You can learn about being a volunteer, be a monthly partner. $30 a month saves one life from abortion and helps us walk side by side with that new brave family. So again, thanks for tuning in. See you next week on Armored Truth.